Good morning. I hope you're all doing well. Today we're learning Maseches, Kiddush, and Daf Yudches, and we're starting about 15 lines from the bottom four lines into the wide lines on Daf Yud Zayin Amid Beis. And we are in the midst of analyzing a brysa. And here is a quote from that brysa. The brysa reads, A person whose ear was pierced, so a man who's in permanent servitude, or someone who was sold to a goy. If in fact the initial owner, the father, the Baal, dies, then this person, the Nirza, or the person who is Nimkar Lovid Kochavim, does not fall as a Yerusha to the children. And the Gemara wants to know why this is the case. Five lines down into the wide lines, Nirza, in regards to the permanent person whose ear was pierced, that's what the Pasuk says, that he gets his ear pierced, um, he gets his ear pierced, and he's an Evid forever. And the Gemara has a Drasha, below us Aben, below us Abbas, very glad, a very simple Drasha even though it may not be logical for us to say uh, where the drusher comes from, but the drusher nevertheless is what it is, that he will not, then this Evid will not be then serving the master's son or daughter. That's in regards to Nirza. What about Nimkar Lo'ovit Kochavi Minayin? What about a case where a person was sold to a guy? So Amar Chizkiya, Amar Kravichishavim Konehu. The Pasuk says that there needs to be a cheshben that's made a financial cheshben with Konehu, with his master. Below him, Yorshe Konehu, but not with the children of. And therefore, for a person who's sold to an Ovit Kochavim, and then the master dies, he would not then fall to the master's children. Amar Rava, Dovar Torah. We have a Dindo Raisa. Ovit Kochavim Yorish Es Aviv. This is fascinating. A non-Jew has a Yerusha from his non-Jewish father, Mido Raisa. They're not Jewish, but still there's a Dindo Raisa, that uh, there's an element of Yerusha, based on the Pasuk of and says the Gemara, Velo im Yorshe Konehu, but not with his Yorshim, but rather up to his father. So there would be some type of Dindo Raisa, Michlal, the Isla Yorshim. So yes, it's true that there are times that the Eved won't go to the children, that's true, but we still have the language of Yerusha. It says below him Yorshe Konehu. So you're right by Avdus, it doesn't work, but that means that there's money. If there's money left in the Yerusha, Michlal, the Isla Yorshim, there is a Dindo, right? So, so that's by a goy, the son of a goy. What about a case of Ger, Es Kochavim? Let's say that there's a Ger, if a man converts, his parents are, are Ovde Kochavim, his parents are Goyim. He's a Fermiyid, Payas, hat, jacket, from Guy. And uh, his parents are going. So then there, there, there's no relationship at all. There is a dinder abanon. The Chachamim instituted that a ger should take Yerusha from his non-Jewish parents, even though biologically they're related. Halachically, they're not related because a ger, uh, we know that when a ger converts, it's as though he's reborn and his initial parents, though biologically they're his parents, halachically they're not. Afal Piken, the Chachamim instituted that there should be some type of Yerusha. We'll see why that's case and why that's the case in a moment. And the Gemara says 10 lines or so from the bottom of Yudzayim and Bez, it's not. How do we know this to be true? Ger ve'ovei kochavim shiyash ve'savim ovei kochavim. Let's say you have two brothers. You have a Ger and an ovei kochavim. So you have Chaim and you have John. So Chaim, his name used to be Charlie. Now he's for, he, he was a Gary, he went, dipped in the mikvah, got a bris, he's from now. So his brother is a goy, and the father is a goy, because Chaim's a Gary. So let's say you have these two brothers, they inherited from their father whatever amounts of money that they had. Chaim, the Gary, is allowed to tell John, his brother, you take the Avodah I'm not interested. You take the yayin nesach. I can't drink it anyways because I'm from Stam Yenom. And I'll take the fruits. 
However, all of this is only before it gets to, to their rishus. Because once the money is given over, once it gets to Chaim's house, then uh, once it gets to Chaim's house, then Aser. And here is the Gemara's logic as to how we know that the Ger has no Din Deoraisa. If we would have thought that the relationship between a Ger and his father was a Din Deoraisa, namely, that automatically upon the father's death, there's a Din Deoraisa that exists between the Ger and his biological father in the in frame of Yerusha, that can't be. Because Kilobo, the Rishu Sonami, even without it, if, it was, if there was a Din Deoraisa, then it doesn't, shouldn't matter if the Avodah came to his Rishus. Because Chaim and John are trading. Uh, they're saying, I'll take this, you take that. If halachically they're already in his shu, in his Rishus, he shouldn't be able to take anything because everything he takes by definition means that his brother's taking something else and he's getting Hano from Avodah Zarah. Ella, it must therefore be that it's Midrabanan, that the relationship in regards to Yerusha between a Ger and his father is a Din And why did the Chachamim Institute that there should be a Yerusha between a father and his Ger son? Says the Gemara, a fascinating Svara. We are concerned that if the son isn't going to have access to the finances that his non-Jewish father has, then he may, due to his desires for money, end up going back to his old ways. And because of that, the Chachamim instituted that a son who is a ger is allowed to take a Yerusha from his father, Midrabon. And the Brisa uh, that follows is a riot for this five lines from the bottom. When is this true? When there is a shutfus, it's usher for the brothers to share in the Yerusha for the same exact reason, because he'd be benefiting from Avodah Zarah. And this is a raya for this shita, and it seems to be that this is how we paskin, that a ger, if you have a, a, a boy who's a ger, a man who's a ger, and his father dies, there is a Yerusha Midrabana, not Midoraisa. The Torah doesn't tell it doesn't have a platform for it. But Midrabana and the Chachamim instituted that a ger can take Yerusha from his non-Jewish father um, in order to ensure that he stays on the path. Next, four lines from the bottom. Ovid Kochavim es hager, Viger es hager. If there is a non-Jew who um, whose father converted, so John's father converts, he's a ger, or Viger es hager, if John converted and then separately John's father converted. In these cases, there's no Yerusha in either of these cases at all. Zero. No relationship at all. How do we know? Because we have a case where the Mishnah says, this is actually not a Mishnah, it's actually a Brisa, the Tanya should be, you're not, you're not even allowed to, you're not even required to return the money in regards to borrowing money. If you borrow money and then there's a Gerus that takes place, it's not the same person anymore. And you don't have to return the money even. Yeah, that's but in secular courts. Yeah, that's possible. Yeah, that may be true. But but halachically, you're not even allowed to give the money back to his, to the children of the ger. So let's say you have John became Jonas' son. John is a ger now. His children are, uh, are, are what are they? His children are, uh, they, they also go through gerus. So then Charlie becomes Chaim. And then the father dies. You don't give the money back. Uh, you should not be giving it back to the sons. There's no relationship between the father and the son. Halachically speaking. Right. Good. So it says the Gemara, you should not do that. And if in fact you return the money, you should not do that. It's not appropriate to, to return the money. And then the Gemara says, wait, that's not so simple. Because so it says the Gemara, it depends on the relationship that uh, that exists between the father and that child. 
And the Gemara makes the following distinction. In one case, we're talking about where the conception and the birth were not Bikdusha. Namely, nobody was Jewish at any point during the conception and birth. And in the other case, I'm turning to the top of his conception was not Bikdusha, but his Leda was Bikdusha. So if the Leda was Bikdusha, then you should return the money to the person. That's considered Racha Chamim Nochemen. And if the Leda was uh, and if the conception and the later were not Bikdusha, they were not Jewish at all at any point, so then that's Ein Rach Chachamim Nochehimen. On a similar note, on Yud Chesamad Aleph, Rebchia Bar-Avin Amar Rav Yochanan says, that a non-Jew does inherit from his father, as we said on the earlier page, Davar Torah, but it's based on a different Pasuk. Says the Gemara, we learn from Esav, which is very interesting because Esav was not a good guy, but Esav wasn't a guy. That's called a mumar in halacha. A mumar is someone who rejects halacha outright. Got a phone call yet last night from someone who wants to convert his son. He said, I'm a conservative Jew. I'm interested in converting my son, but my wife and I don't keep Shabbos. Do you think a rabbinical court will? They did, and they did a whatever surrogacy, a whole complicated case. The baby's a goy doraisa. He said, I want to do a conversion. Will a, a, an Orthodox court convert my child if my wife and I don't keep Shabbos? I'm like, I highly doubt it. I said, I highly doubt it because you're not putting your son in an environment where he can flourish as an observant Jew. So I'm going to call her by Reese and hash this out today. Anyways, um, this is the this is the Esav piece. It says the Gemara, wait one second. The Dilma Yisrael Mumar shiny. Esav wasn't a goy. He was Yisrael Mumar. He was a not from. He, he rejected halacha, understood. But in regards to Yisrael Mumar, maybe that's different than a goy. So it says the Gemara, you're right, Ella. Uh, the Ella may be perhaps the pasuk that we know that an Ovid Kochav is Yorishes Aviv Ella Mehacha. Kidim Neilotna Satias or Yerusha. And there, that person is a goy, and therefore there is such a thing between a father and a son in that regard. Why is it that they have a machlokas about the psukim of Ki Yerusha or the pasuk of Ki Livnei Lot? Um, actually, the previous pasuk of Chishabim Konehu says Gemara. My time alo amar kerava because he says Rava's drasha was michzi v'chishavim konehu with the drasha of v'lo im yarshei konehu the drasha is not there. The Rava my time alo amar kerav barav and why didn't you say like him says the gemara mishum kavod da Avram shiny maybe in regards to the pesukim by Lot maybe things are different because Avraham's involved and Avraham of course has a relationship with Lot and therefore you can't bring a raya from that case about a pure guy so they flip flopped on the pesukim but it does seem that midel raisa it does seem that midel raisa. That an Ovid Kochavim does have a Yerusha from his father, Mido Raisa. That brings us to Yerchesim at Aleph, 10 lines down. The Braisa reads, Tanu Rabbonon, Yesh Ivri She'in Be'ivriya. There are halachos that apply by an Evid Ivri that don't apply by his female counterpart. Ve'esh Be'ivriya She'in Be'ivri. And there are things that apply by a female uh, slave that don't apply by a male slave. Yesh Be'ivri, what do we say about a male slave? That the way he goes free is with six years, the 50th year, and when the master dies, which implies that the daughter, that the, the Amah Ivriya doesn't have that. that we, that's the opposite of what we learned last week, so we'll correct that momentarily. Masha'in kein ba'amah Ivriya. Masha'in kein ba'ivriya, that she doesn't go free, seemingly, with Shanim Yovel and Misas Adam. And Ve'esh Be'ivriya, there's something unique about an Amah Ivriya. Shahare Ivriya Yotza Besimonin. As we've spoken about fairly extensively, that Nisha Ivriya goes free with Shtei Simon and with Shtei Cyrus. And as well, that she, the Amah Ivriya, the Ananim Karis Venishnes, she cannot be sold twice. And Umaftin Osa, she can be Poda Balkorcho against his will. We don't know who his is yet. We'll analyze that in the Gemara. Masha Ain Kain Be'ivri. And these things don't apply by Nebedi Ivri. 
So out of the gates, this Brisa is going to get a big pushback. Amar Mar, you just said in our in our case, Yesh Ivri Shein You said that these um, these things to get an Evid Ivri out of his slavery, such as Shanim, Yovel, and Misa Sadom, you say they apply to the Evid Ivri, but not the Am Ivri. That's not true. Where Minhi, we had our Mishnah on Daf Yadala that said, Yesera Alav Amoha Ivriya, that there was an extra that an Amoha Ivriya had that nobody else had. Shakona Asma Bisimanim. So that seems to imply that she goes free with four things, not with one. She goes free with uh, Sheish, with six years, with Yovel, with Misa Sadon, and as well with Simanim. But it doesn't seem to be to preclude them. So therefore, it says the Gemara Amar of Sheishes. When is this Brisa talking about when it says she does not go free with Sheish, with Yovel, and with Misasa Adon? That's only true. When they halachically get married in some way, shape, and form, we're going to discuss this marriage, this model for marriage uh, toward the end of the day today. It's quite complicated. We'll have to figure out what's going on. So says the Gemara, wait one second. The master married the Amha Ibria? If that's true, Yada, if they did get married, Pshita. Gita Baya, they're married, of course, they, they need a get. The six years won't sever their bond, neither will Yovel, they're married. So when a man marries the Amha Ivriya and she's now a wife, the regular rules don't apply. The only thing that applies is that she would still leave seemingly with Simanin, which doesn't even make sense either. So let's analyze this. Says the Gemara, you might have thought, we might have thought that just because she got married doesn't mean that she won't go free with Sheish, with Yovel and Misa Sa'adon. Kamash Malan, that she, uh, those rules don't apply anymore. Why then, when she has Shtei Sairos as a Nara, she becomes uh, 11, 12 years old, and she has two hair, two hairs that grow. Maybe we should say that she should still go free. That's what the Brisa implies. It says, no, Hachi, Kamar, you've misunderstood. Only if she is not halachically married to Siman anymore. But once a man marries his Amma Ivriya, then none of the rules of exclusion work. She doesn't go free at six years, at 50 years. She doesn't go free with Misasa Adon. Uh, Misasa Adon, she might go free. And she doesn't go free with Simanin because she is halachically married. We had also said in the Brisa toward the top of the page, that a woman can't be sold repeatedly into slavery. And says the Gemara, just about halfway down on Yud Chesimad Aleph, let's analyze this. Michlal, this implies... The Eved Ivri Nimkar Vinishne, it implies that a male slave, an Eved Ivri, can be sold repeatedly. But how can you say that? Vihatanya, we have a, a Brisa, which is a few lines long. We're going to learn this Brisa, but really the end of the Brisa is what we need. Vihatanya, Bignei Vaso, when we talk about his Gneva Velobikvelo, we're not talking about Kefel. Bignei Vaso Velobizimama, we're talking about Gneva, but not about a case of Adim Zomimin. And the part that we need for this Brisa is Bignei Vaso, Kevan Nimkar Pamachas, Shuv Mochro, that in regards to an for that which he stole, he can only be sold once. Yet our implication is that the male can be sold multiple times. So which one is it? Says the Gemara, Omar Rava, Lokasha, Kan Begneva Achas, Kan Nevos. In one case, we say that he is not sold. That's this new Brisa that we just saw. That's if he only stole one time. Ava, uh, uh, but in regards to Shtegnevos, if he stole twice, then we do sell him into servitude. Amar Le'abaye, that doesn't make any sense because the phrase Begnevaso in the Pasuk is Tuva Mashma. That implies that there are multiple Gnevas. It doesn't imply that there's one Gneva. So therefore, your distinction doesn't make sense because there is no implication in our Gemara, uh, in, in the Psukim, about Gneva Achas. So therefore, he rejects. Abaye rejects Rova's answer. And therefore, Ella Amar Abaye, Lokasha, Kan Adam Echad, Kan Adam. It depends if you stole from one person or if you stole from two. If you stole from one person, you can't be sold multiple times. If you were sold, stole from two people, then for each of the people that you stole from, it, stole from and you can't pay back, you can be sold into servitude for each of those people. 
Tanu Rabbanan, getting a little bit more granular in regards to this part of the sugya, two-thirds of the way down. Genevo Aleph, if, if uh, the Eved Ivri, if a man steals a thousand, but but he's only worth 500. So then, Nimkar Vachoser Nimkar, then he can be sold multiple times, twice according to the math equation, because he's worth 500 and he stole a thousand. But Genevo Chameshmeos, Vishave Aleph, if he stole 500 and he's worth a thousand, Eno Nimkar Cloud, then he can't be sold at all into slavery. This is a broad, a broad halacha by Ebed Ibri that we just cannot sell someone when the numbers don't work out. But that's only according to the Tanakama. Rabbi Eliezer Amar, only if his theft is the same as his value. If he's worth a thousand and he stole a thousand, then he can be sold into slavery. But and if not, he doesn't go into slavery at all. So this is a big machlokas in the Tanaim here. The Rebbe Lazar says you only go into slavery as Nevita Ivri if what you stole is what you're worth. And the Tanakama was of the opinion that if your worth is less than what you stole, then based on the multiples of what you stole, you can be sold numerous times. And on my Rebbe, how do we paskin? Rabbi Eliezer wins out this battle. Why? Why is it that when he steals 500, but he's worth a thousand. Why didn't it work over there? Because because you can't sell half of a person. You have to sell a whole person. In our case too. So that's why Rabbi Eliezer wins, is that there are no halfsies. The only time an Eved Ivri is ever sold into slavery for stealing something and not being able to pay back is when that which he stole is the same as his own value. What? No, only same. Tanakama would hold that way. But that was the machlokas, is that let's say he stole 500 and he's worth, let's say he stole 1,000 and he's worth 500, he can be sold twice, 500 times two is 1,000. But Rabbi Eliezer says, no, it's only when it's Shavah B'Shavah. That which we stole is that which he's worth. Otherwise, there are no sales. At the two dots, three-fourths of the way down on Yerches Samad Aleph, says the Gemara, um, oso, osa bal korcho. the Bryce at the top of the page had said that we, um, we can redeem her against his will. We just don't know who the his is. Is the his the master, or is the his her father? We're talking about an Amma Ivria here. So Perhaps, says Rava, we're talking about the Adon, that we can redeem her against her will, against his will, the master's will. How would that happen, that she would be freed? That she that uh, there would be a star that would be written for her value, an IOU type of a star, where uh, the money has not been paid out yet, but there's a star on that represents her freedom. Says the Gemara, Amai Nakid Marganisa Biyade, Yahavna Lekaspa. Why would this work? Amai question mark. Nakid Marganisa Biyade, he has a pearl in his hand. Namely, he has a great product. He has this Amaivria in his Rishus. And Yahivna Le Yahivna we're going to give him a shard of pottery. We're just giving him an empty IOU. We don't even know if they're ever going to collect on that. So how could that even work? No, we're not talking about the master. We're talking about that the father should really redeem his daughter, even against the fact that this is uh, not an attractive look for his family. He put her into slavery because of money issues, whatever he sold her, whatever the case may be, and she can be redeemed. Says the Gemara, if that's true, we also should have a case scenario where for the very same reasons, the Evadivri should also be freed. So it says the Gemara, There, we're afraid that the man will continually sell himself back into slavery. Maybe we should say the same about her. 
Maybe we should say that she too will do the same exact thing. Says the Gemara, she will not do that. Why not? Because Hakatani, because we have a brisa, that a woman cannot sell herself multiple times into slavery. Umani, who is this Shita like? This is Rib Shimon he. What does Rib Shimon say? Titania, Mochar Adam is Bito the Ishus, Veshone the Shifros, Veshone the Ishus, the Achar Shifros. A man is allowed to sell his daughter um, in regards to marriage and then afterwards into Shifros. And then the same is true from Shifros, from Ishus into Shifros, that after she's married, she can go into Shifros. Says the Gemara, Aval, lo le Shifros Achar Ishus, but she cannot be sold into Shifros after Ishus. Rib Shimon Omer, Kashem Shein Adam Mocher, as Bito le Shifros Achar Ishus, just like a man cannot sell his daughter into Shifros after marriage, Kachin Adam Mocher, as Bito le Shifros. You can't send multiple shifchuyos. That's what the den of our Gemara is. Can you be um, um, nimkar v'nishne? Are you allowed to do that? Says the Gemara, what is our machlokas about? All of these tanaim are arguing about the following. That, uh, what does the word bevigdo mean? From the word bevigdo, we can hear two words. It's either beged, which is clothing, or bagad, which is to rebel. And this is what the machlokas is on the top of Yudchesim Beis. We'll be heading toward the bottom. Um, Yerts Hashem toward the top of your test to see how, how Shachris falls out. Once he pr- places his taler, talus over her, namely once there's some type of marriage, the father no longer has the rights to sell her. There, she, she's married to another man. Since the father rebelled against her and that he sold her, then he's no longer allowed to sell her again. And what's the underlying machlokas that they're having? Rabbi Eliezer Savar Yesh Aim Limasores. He says that in regard to the word Bevigdo, we have the Masora of how to read the word, which is um which is one way to look at it. Rabbi Akiva Savar Yesh Aim Lemikra. Uh says, what do the letters sound like? So the, in the word bevigdo, the E sound, the chirik, is lacking a yud. So we could actually look at the word bevogdo in his rebellion. So that's how Rabbi Eliezer looks at it, is that it's, it's, it's beged, it's bagad. He's a rebelling. Rabbi Akiva, we actually focus primarily on how the word sounds. And we know that when we lane, the word is bevigdo ba, and that's a, a, a beged. And Rabbi Shimon Savar, he's more machmer than that. He says, yesh im lemikra ulemesor, so we have to blend them both. And that's where the three machlokos play out. Uh, the three sheets, as I should say, play out. And on Yud Chesim and Bey, six, seven lines down, we're going to get into a complex sugya about this yud that we discussed on the previous page. We had said that when an Amha Ivriya um, goes through yud, when she goes through this quasi-marriage, we don't yet know the details of what the yud is, when she does this, then she is no longer subject to the rules of exiting her Amma Ivriya status. She will not leave after six years. She will not leave after Yovel. And she will not leave after having Shtei Simonim. She will stay married to this person. When we were talking about on the previous page that an Amma Ivriya goes through Yud, and therefore she no longer goes free after six years, 50 years, and with Shtei Simonim, does that apply with this Yud? Does that make her into, into Nisuin fully married? Or perhaps is it only Eris and Ose? And Nafkamina says the Gemara Liyorsha, Vilitmala, Ulahafer Nadarea. These are classical Nafkaminas that we see throughout Shas between a woman who is only Be'erusin and a woman who is Be'kidushin. So, my, what is the din? Let's try to bring Raya number one. Toshma, the Gemara says 12 lines down. This was like the Shita of Rabbi Akiva at the top of the page. Once he spreads out his talis for her, namely once they're in this yud state, then he's no longer allowed to sell her. 
the father is no longer allowed to sell her daughter. He's not allowed to uh, sell her. That's true. But what's the deal? But he is still allowed to create a scenario of yud. Now, if you want to say that you, this marriage between a man and an Amma Ivriya, is actual full Nisuin, so then if it were to be that Yud was Nisuin proper, 100% married, then once that happens, the father is no longer allowed to have control over his daughter. It must therefore be It must therefore be that Erisin, that Yud only generates Erisin and not Nisuin. Amar Rav Nachman bar Yitzchak, a third of the way down. That's really not true. Really, hacha bekidushin de almakai. Maybe what we're talking about here is regular kidushin. Vachi kamar kevan shemasra leavia lemishin ischay b'shei raksus devonasa shuvenu yachal amochra. Maybe it is regular kidushin. Maybe, but once this person is handed over, once the ama iria is nicknames beyud, it's regular kidushin. But because she is now. Uh, going to be treated with she'er k'sus and ona, so therefore it's enough for the father to no longer have a role. Therefore, this Bryce is not a raya. And we're back to our question as to what yud is. Is yud nisuin or is yud kedushin? And then we move into the next answer, which is just about halfway down, toshma. Ein mochra lekrovim, that an ama ivria cannot be sold to family members. Uh, so let's say if I own an Amah Iria, I cannot sell her to my brother because he she can't marry my brother. Mishum Rabbi Eliezer, Amru, Mochor Lekrovim, that they are allowed to be sold to relatives. And this next sentence is the one that's going to, is difficult for us to understand and also going to be the continuation of the Gemara until the top of the next page. Vishavin, um, and everyone agrees, says the Gemara, Rabbi Eliezer, then the Tanakama agree, Shem Mochor Amana Lekoin Gadol. That an almana who's not allowed to marry a coin gadol can be sold to a coin gadol, and a grusha vechalutza the coin hedyo, and as well that a grusha and a chalutza who are not allowed to uh, to marry regular kohanim can also go to a coin. So it says the Gemara, "Hi almana, hechidami." What is the case with this almana? A little bit more than halfway down. If you want to say she married off herself when she really wasn't supposed to, that's an almana karila. That's not called an almana. She wasn't supposed to do that. She was too young. If, in fact, the father was the one who gave her as an almana to the Kohen Gadol, how can it be that the father even did that? You're not allowed to do that. That can't be the case because we already learned on the bottom of Daf Yud Chesimit Beis that a father cannot sell his daughter to Shifchus after Ishus. Really, what are we talking about here? We're talking about this marriage to an Ama Ibriya. And according to the opinion of Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yehuda, what does he hold? He says, He says that when a man gives over money, the Maos HaRishonos are talking about the acquisition of the Ama Ibriya. They don't function as Kiddushin dollars. Now, the E Amris Nisuin Ose, if you want to say that Yud, the marriage to an Amaha Ivriya, generates a scenario of full marriage, even Nisuin, Kevan Shini says, once there is full marriage, Shuvain Lahavi Rashuspa. So says the Gemara. Therefore, it must be that it's Erisin, um, because that Yud causes Erisin and Yud, Yud doesn't cause Nisuin, because once there's um, Yud that is Nisuin, then the father can no longer have a role. The Elamai, what do you want to say? Erusin Ose? If that's true, then Vishavin Shemochra, how can you say that they are halachically the same in regards to an Almana to a Kohen Gadol? That's also impossible. 
how then can we even have an understanding here of this brisa as an answer to our question? We're trying to figure out again. Our question is, does you, this marriage between a man and an Amah Ivriya, does that generate Nisuin or Kedushin? And none of the options seem to work. So says the Gemara, maybe we'd say, shiny Erusin Dida, Me'erusin Davia. Perhaps when a girl allows herself to get engaged on her own, versus when a father helps her to get engaged, maybe those are different. Says the Gemara, no, those two types of Erusin are not different, and you can't make a distinction that way because... If you say that, then perhaps we would then have to say that Nisuin uh, that is generated by a young girl is different than Nisuin that's generated by her father. That also makes no sense. Says the Gemara, hi, my, what is all of this comparing that you're doing? I could understand that there's a difference between the different kinds of Erusin. I can understand that, that the father causes one type of Erusin and the, the daughter causes her own. Turning to the top of your test, me shiny. How can you say that the distinctions between Nisuin are different? After all, at the end of the day, she is going to be married no matter what. That's what Rashi says on the top of the page. You can't say that there's a difference between her getting to the stage of Nisuin on her own or her doing that with her father, because it doesn't matter. Whichever one is the case, Nisuin is a din del Raisa, and therefore the father will no longer have any rights over her. So says the Gemara, Even according to Rav Nachman Bar Yitzchak, who says that really the Mo's HaRishonos could be used for a Kiddushin, what would we then understand this case as? Then we would have to understand this case like Rabbi Eliezer, that you cannot save, say, sell her into slavery twice. And so therefore, we're stuck without our question. We've tried twice and we don't have an answer. So we had asked, hey, wait one second. Is Yehud, when a man marries an Amma Ivriya, is that Kiddushin or is that Nisuin? And the Gemara concludes that we really don't know. We'll pick up Emir Tzashem with another shear today recorded uh, for Daf Yotes. And then on Shabbos, we will learn Daf Chaf, big blot on Shabbos. And we'll stop right here. Wishing you all a beautiful day. Mm-hmm.